Hello, welcome to Share Your Light. I am your host, Allie. And I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you. So, we just wanted to give you a quick introduction. This is a brand new podcast that we are starting. And what our goal on this show is to do is basically let people come on and share their light. Um, we're going to have, it's going to be a guest-based show. And we're going to have different people on each week. And we're going to let them come on and talk about their spiritual journey. Um, how it started, like when their awakening started. Uh, the progress that they've gone through so far. And kind of what's coming up in their lives. Like what their their goals are, more or less. Or like what the next step in their adventure is. And we might have the same guest on a couple of times. Because there's we're going to try to limit the show to about an hour. And not everybody's story can be told in an hour. So <laughs> we're going to try to get through as many guests as we can, but um, we're probably going to have some repeats as well, uh, just because everyone's story is fascinating. And Some deserve a deeper dive yes. into some of those topics. <laughs> yes, they do. So um, we're going to start out just kind of telling you about ourselves and how we came up with the idea for this show. So... Go ahead and let Allie start and, and tell, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Awesome. So um, my name's Alyssa Norman. I go by Allie. Um, I am an energy healer at Synchronicities here in Sandy. About a year and a half ago, it's been now, oh my gosh, already, um, I was guided really strongly to host a group gathering called Ascension Talks. And the purpose of Ascension Talks is to help people embrace their awakening journey to step out into that confidently to be able to share and express themselves and the new things that are happening and awakening within them where it didn't necessarily fit in society's norms so it was a safe space to be able to come together we just gather as a community and we talk for those two hours every monday 6 30 to 8 30 here at the store the really cool thing about that is it's helped so many people step into their power and to be able to flourish um, really embrace the changes and the rememberings and knowings and internal things that are shifting within them. Then um, here we are getting ready to expand that even further. So after having amazing success of having over 200 people come and go through that flow on our Monday nights, now the push is here to expand that and make that even further. There's a lot of fascinating, fascinating stories we get to hear every Monday, but now it's about taking it even further to allowing all of you viewers, wherever you may be out there in the world, to be able to hear these amazing stories and help empower you in your journeys, wherever you may be, through their stories, through their experiences, which might not be so far off from yours as well. Yeah, we just want to let people know that there is people out there like you that are going through similar things. Um, so me, uh, my name is Tim. Uh, I go by Beaker um, as well, but for the show, I'm, I'm probably just going to go by Tim. Um, I am a paranormal investigator. I have been doing the paranormal for just over eight years now, and I've been a podcaster for probably six or seven of those years. Um, this technically will be my third podcast that I've been a host of. Um, the first podcast I did was with my original paranormal team. I uh, did that show with them for about five years. That one was called The Supernatural Hour. I believe they're still going. I'm just not a part of that show anymore. Um, we, I, I ended up leaving the show 
it just felt like it was time for me to kind of pass the torch on to them. Um, and then I didn't really plan on doing any more podcasting. It just kind of presented itself. I started a different paranormal team with uh, some friends of mine. And then we started another podcast. That one's called the EVP Podcast. Um, that one's still, we've been doing that for about a year. And that's been running, um, that's still going. We do that every every Monday that comes out. Um, and we just talk about different things as far as like paranormal goes, like ghosts and curses and, and stuff like that. Um, so how this show came about is I actually attended one of these Ascension Talks. Normally I can't go because I work Monday nights, but I was on vacation and I hadn't gone out of town yet. And so I figured, what the heck, I've heard so much about it, I want to see what it is for myself. So I attended the Ascension Talk and it was, it was very fascinating. Um, just being able to hear all these different people that I've never met before share their experiences and, and it kind of like, moved me a little bit because when I started my my current podcast, the EVP podcast, um, I was also playing around with the idea of doing a guest-based show where people came on and talked about their experiences growing up with the paranormal. And that one kind of fell through because I know for myself that would have been a lot of work just doing a, a one-person show. And after attending this Ascension Talks, I approached Allie and I'm like, hey, you've got a good thing going on here. I really like what you're doing. Have you ever thought about putting this on a more wide scale thing? Um, have you ever thought about doing a podcast, doing the same thing, but giving each individual their own like hour to, to talk about their thing? And she responded with, <laughs> I've been told to do that many times. So actually for me, about five years ago in meditation, I was told I needed to start making YouTube videos, I needed to start sharing information that could be broader reached. Um, definitely with some human complex, I was like, I don't get on the camera and I don't record my voice and I don't do these things. So I didn't do it. Um, a few years later, I was told again, which is about two years now back, told to do it again, didn't do it. Then here comes Tim going, hey, have you thought about that? And I'm like, Here's the man with the skills that are the opposites of what I have not taken the time to learn, who can just help this move right on through. Needless to say, it was an instant yes, and we were buying equipment like by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are now. <laughs> I think we were looking it up online before we even left the store that day on some of the stuff we needed, so. It was perfect. It was definitely the universe delivering Tim to help make this come to fruition. Um, so definitely, I hope that helps some people out there. Um, you get told to do things a lot of times that might be really scary, but you know what? If they're meant to happen, they're going to keep circling back around and the right combination of people, places, and experiences come together to make it happen. Yeah, if your guides or your intuition is telling you to do something and you ignore it and then it keeps coming back to you, it's probably a good idea to listen. Um, I think we both know that from personal experience. Our, our guides are here to to help us, to guide us in the right direction. Obviously, they're not mm -hmm. going to steer us in the wrong direction. So, yeah, after me wanting to do a show similar to this for about a year, her being told to do it for about five years, it, here it is. This is this is the show. So, um, do you want to talk about a little bit about? Um, kind of how you started getting into what you do as far as like your awakening and your spiritual journey? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I call this my third and final awakening. Once again, another one of those things, if not completely clearly listening or taking the actions I was guided to take. Um, but about seven years ago now, my health actually took a pretty heavy turn. Um, I've got some different spinal issues that were not allowing me to flow through life in the way that I wanted to. So it came to this really frustrating moment of laying in bed and I shouted out to the universe, I've got a family to take care of and I can't lay in bed all day. What am I supposed to do with this? Um, well, then I opened up my iPad and right on Facebook, here comes Reiki. This gentleman just started doing a Reiki practice and was announcing that and it was the first thing in my feed. So I'm like, okay, touche universe. I'm seeing this. I have no idea what this is, but this feels so right. So it actually reached out to him and I committed to four sessions um, because I don't like to do anything just once. I like to make sure it really works. So through those four sessions that I did with Michael as my Reiki practitioner who later became my, my master that taught me Reiki, in those four sessions, I felt so much better than I had in the other pro processes that had taken over two years to not come to a resolution. So through that, I started to really put together that connection of the energy work and how important the energy was in us maintaining our energy fields, how much that affects our physicality. Um, so through that process, in those four sessions, just having such a big difference with that, I continued to work on that journey with Michael. Um, and then not too long after that, he's like, I think I'm going to start teaching. I'm like, I'm going to be one of your first students. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me that as that made such an impact on my life, I set forth to learn and learn how to do that to share that with more people. So in a matter of two years, I went through all four levels and I became a Karuna Reiki master. I now do Reiki sessions as well as I teach Reiki to others, working with the Holy Fire Karuna Reiki. Super, super amazing. On top of that, Emotion Code also came in as another form of working with the subconscious and helping to clear trapped emotions that block us. Because so often we can't pinpoint what they are and it makes it difficult to work on. Um, but going through these two processes combined, we can really root cause and create that freedom within ourselves and help to break through those distortions and blocks that we may have that prevent us from living our authentic self. So it's been super empowering. I never thought that I would have been a healer. Um, I never put myself in that box. Um, <laughs> I totally was in the corporate America and I had a job that I loved and a great company and awesome things climbing up to exactly where I wanted to be and I got to that point and this is a side that called me so June of 2020 I quit my my normal America job and jumped straight into the healing and hosting the space and helping others to step into their authentic self and to embrace their individuality and it's just been amazing and I haven't looked back since yeah I wish I could say the same thing um <laughs> I'm, I'm still very much part of corporate America. Um, <laughs> I work my, my nine to five, but really it's two thirty to 11. Um, but I love my job. I, I like the money that it brings in. It, it pays the bills. Um, and it's a super easy job. So, um, but well, we need that. You need to help us to have our nutrients, right? Like you, you sustain a, a good job. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I work in food manufacturing. So, uh, it's it's uh, I work at a yogurt for a yogurt company, um, so yeah I, I am providing people with uh, something healthy uh, to eat. Um, but yeah, so 
I've actually been, like I said, I've been a paranormal investigator for about eight years, and we did a lot of metaphysical type stuff on investigations, and I didn't fully understand uh, what it was at the time. I, you know, I learned as I went. We did a lot of uh, house clearings. We'd go do investigations at people's houses when they were having issues. And we learned from a lot of people. Um, I learned from friends in, that live in California that have been doing this stuff for 30 plus years. And um, we were learning from other teams here in Utah that have been doing it for quite a while as well. We learned um, kind of like a non-denominational, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's the right word, um, way of like clearing houses using sage. And you know, at some points we would like boil cinnamon and orange pills on mm -hmm. the stove. Um, it was said that doing that kind of wards off the negative entities. Um, we've done all sorts of stuff to like clear houses. And we've helped a lot of people over the years. And it was shortly after I joined my other team, my, my original team, um, is when they invited me to come on and start doing the podcast with them. They, they started the podcast and had been probably doing it for a about six or seven months before one of the, the original hosts of the show uh, just had some scheduling conflicts. He just got a new job and was no longer able to help out with the show. So they asked me to, to fill in. And it was during that time when I was recording with them that I kind of started having having my awakening, if you will. Um, I always like felt like I had some sort of gifts that I was able to do some things. And one of the episodes we did, they brought on uh, an energy worker uh, named Amanda. And I had never heard of that before. Um, I was still just kind of getting into the idea that crystals might actually do something. Um, I didn't really believe in crystals and all that. Um, but they bring on Amanda on the show and I kind of do this thing anytime I meet someone that says they have gifts I, I kind of test them out I, I just want to see how legit they actually are and I've met some people that can actually do the things they say they can do Allie being one of those people um, if she couldn't I wouldn't be sitting next to her doing this um, but I did the same thing with Amanda I didn't give her any information I don't feed information to anyone that's doing me reading because I want to like again I want to see how uh, legitimate they are with their gifts and I also asked Amanda I said what's going on with my shoulder um, there was a one investigation I did where a good friend of mine was being manipulated by an entity and I picked her up to carry her away from the location trying to get her away from that attachment if you will and while I was carrying her her hand kind of formed into like a little claw and dug into the back of my left shoulder and for a while there, I was having just random pains. And it, it seemed to happen like whenever something bad was happening to her or another member of my team, my shoulder would start to hurt. And I just kind of knew something's not right. And I would know like almost exactly where they were on the location at the time. And I would just, I would show up. And I actually have audio evidence of this. I was just trying to play with it a little bit recently, trying to clean it up so you can actually hear a little bit better what's going on. Um, but so I asked Amanda, Hey, what's going on with my shoulder? And she kind of jumped into it a little bit. And then she started talking about 
One of the first investigations that my friend Brandy and I ever did at the Fort Douglas Museum. And this is an investigation that her and I did before we joined the paranormal team that we were on. And her and I were the only ones that knew about this investigation and the information that we got and the spirits that we talked to. And Amanda was able to tell me the name of the spirit, her profession, and some of the other information about the spirit that we had not told anybody. Um, just her, Brandy and I were the only ones that knew anything about it. We hadn't even told anyone on the team. Because I said, this was something that happened before we joined the team. So when Amanda's in there and telling me about this spirit that there's no way that she could have known about, I'm like, okay, there's something to this person. So after the after we got done recording, I talked to Amanda and kind of told her, I'm like, well, I've always felt like I've had certain gifts. And she's like, yeah, and she's like, you are actually really gifted. You just haven't started coming into it. So it was after having this, this conversation, um, Amanda and I became pretty good friends. And she is the one that kind of brought this whole thing to my attention. And she, along with uh, my friend Brandy, they started kind of guiding me and telling me what I needed to do to open my gifts and things I needed to work on in my personal life. And so I started doing that. And I wanted to originally be able to like see and hear spirits like my friend Brandy does because I wanted to be able to kind of alleviate some of the burden that she was getting from the team because she was constantly getting bombarded with uh, pictures and, and video and all sorts of stuff and people asking her what's in it. So I wanted to kind of kind of take some of that pressure off of her and help her out a little bit. And my guide said, no, <laughs> um, that's not what you're supposed to do. And this is where listening to your intuition comes in and not being stubborn uh, comes in handy because I did that for a while where I'm just like, no, this is what I want. And my guys were pushing back. They're like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Never in a million years did I think that I would start becoming an energy worker. That's not <laughs> the path I wanted, but that was the path that was chosen for me. And once I kind of accepted that, my gifts just started opening up. And I started learning about you doing energy work uh, with crystals. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where my mind started so this was probably about at this time four or five years ago and like I said if you had asked me four or five years ago when I first started this if this is what I thought I'd be doing I would have told you no it's not a thing yeah. but if it had Amanda not come into my life I, I wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> I wouldn't have had my awakening and, and started my journey so um, it's it's interesting to see how much it's progressed from what I believed in because when I started doing the paranormal, um, had a very very different belief system than I do now. <laughs> uh, a lot's changed in the last five years because, like I said, when I do a lot of work with uh, crystals, I'm able to feel their energy. I'm able to become one with that energy, and I use that energy to help teach people how to make that energy flow within themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just interesting because when I first started out, I literally said in my first podcast that the only way that crystals work is you throw them at the spirits and you run away. <laughs> I, I didn't think there was anything to it. <laughs> oh, and now you're on the flip side of that. Look at the divine timing that plays everything out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, so cool. just listen to your, your guides because they know oh. better than you do. They're, they're, they're guiding us, right? We just have to not be stubborn and listen. I think you have that right perfect because we want to just sometimes 
not pay attention or think that that's outside of us when it's really them reminding us what's really within us, getting us to feel that again and ignite that spark again and to start going down that path. And I love how similar our paths have actually been in their own unique ways. Well, they started about the same time too, because your your mm -hmm. issues with your back and that started mm -hmm. about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I started paranormal uh, eight years ago, so. There's a big wave of pushing into <laughs> stepping into our powers. Like, all right, we got to get these two going because eventually <laughs> they're going to bring this to everybody. Well, and when I think back of like one of my first awakenings, when I go back to being more in that oh, maybe 17 to 20 range, I was running around a cemetery with an EVP recorder asking spirits to talk to me. And that was such a comfortable thing, but made everybody else around me so uncomfortable. And I'm like, this is what, I don't know, they need help. They need, <laughs> it didn't really make sense to me at the moment as much as it does now. Um, but through going through those practices, that's where I really learned to trust and develop my intuition and even the Claire gifts that I've got as well and trusting in that. It's, it's a gradual process. It doesn't always happen overnight, but when it does happen, you look back over the course of your life and realize that it's not necessarily something new. It's a new understanding of something that's always been. Yeah, see, for me growing up, um, I was always fascinated with, like, the scary stuff. Like, scary stories to tell in the dark, my favorite books. Um, not, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, scary stories to tell in the dark. And then when the movie came out, I was, like, so excited and went and saw it and loved it. Um, I always, like, whenever I'd walk home late at night from my friend's house, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, um, I always felt like there was someone, like, I could... Feel spirits like watching me. I always mm -hmm. felt like there was someone there, even though there wasn't someone physically there. Yeah. And then as I got a little bit older, I just kind of put that out of my mind. Um, and then when I saw Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters, sorry, the first mm. time, I was just like, "This is what I want to do." I even went to their website because I was going to try to apply to be on their team. Uh -huh. And when I realized they're based out of like Atlanta and yeah. we're here in Salt Lake, I'm like, "That's probably not going to work out." But the cool thing is, is like the guys that inspired me to get into the paranormal, I actually got to meet them for the first time uh, last oh. month in December. Uh, I was so stoked. I even told, I told all three of them that were there. I'm like, you guys are the reasons why I am in the paranormal. And they were so cool. So chill about it. So, so awesome. they, they were, they, they, you know, said they thanked me for telling them that and glad that they were able to inspire me. So I love that. Oh, that is so important as we do what our passion is and what brings us joy and we express and allow that to express itself. It is so empowering for other people who get to witness that um, in whatever form. Sometimes it's physical or in that case it became a televised show, but other people get to be inspired by that and have that passion that sparks within them by that observation. So it's so important that we step onto our path and we do those things that feel right to us because it can allow so many other people to witness and experience and step into their powers and their gifts. Um, it's a, an amazing ripple effect that takes place. Yes. We need to all be doing more of that. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. Exactly. Be the change we want to see, right? Yes. It all starts with us. Letting, each individual. Getting people to step out of their comfort zones and you know get behind a camera or a microphone. <laughs> um, for me, it's, it's, I can do energy work. I just, I don't because that's for me outside of my comfort zone. Um, I enjoy helping people, but this is a whole new different way of, of helping people. 
Um, I've helped quite a bit of people doing energy work. It's just I haven't taken that jump yet to like really go for it. Well, any level, I, it doesn't always look like everybody jumping out and doing it fully, right? But we have opportunities every day to use the tools that we have to help someone. So sometimes we do still have our nine to five jobs, right? And we have that perfect place to be. But I bet there's tons of opportunities to help those coworkers and the people that you pass throughout the day, as well as family and friends that you know. You're still using your gifts. It doesn't always look like, in my case, I literally got kind of shoved out the door into like, you're going over here. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be the case for everybody. But know that we have within us opportunities and surrounding us to help all the time. It's just about actually using those gifts and not being afraid to volunteer some information maybe to a stranger or to share our perspective with a loved one or a friend as they're expressing theirs. There's so many awesome ways we get to do this energy work. It I think doesn't... right now I'm volunteering a lot of information to a lot of strangers. You are. So see, you're stepping into that. Look at that. <laughs> but yeah, just it's it's one of those things, like I said, just you kind of have to listen to your guides, your, your intuition and and, and go with it, just lean into it. Um, which is great advice that I'm giving right now, but I'm not currently doing myself. But in a way I am. Um, this, like I said, this podcast was one of those things where it's just like, you need to do this. So here we are. Um, but as far as like energy work goes, um, we, both of us do very similar things, but very different things. Because mm -hmm. um, you've gone through, like you said, the whole, uh, Reiki training, becoming a Reiki master, and you started treat, uh, teaching Reiki. Mm -hmm. I have no training. Um, everything that I do has been either taught to me by one of my spirit guides or from my friend or just kind of learning it as I go. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any official like background training. I don't have a name for what I do. Um, one of my spirit guides, he tells me, um, and I think this is a very important lesson, it's, it's not the, the title that matters. It's the work that we do. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what it is that we call whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's uh, Reiki, whether it's um, a massage, whether it's energy work, crystal work, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter what it's called. It's the fact that we're helping people and helping them feel better about their situation, about their lives. Um, I know you and I did a, a joint uh, energy work session Mm -hmm. um, I had actually started it out here at Synchronicities, and I've done energy work with tons of people using my crystals. Um, I usually, I, I use the energy with the crystals, and I, I kind of walk the people through how to like feel the energy and help it f flow through them, and you know, remove the negative energy, replace it with positive energy. And I'm more of a when I do when I do work with people, it's more of kind of like a get all the bad out, get all the good in. Like, it's just very abrupt. Um, sometimes, <laughs> not all the times. And I was working with this person, and it was just not going the way that I've ever seen anything go. Um, to me, it looked like something out of a, a scary movie, where, like, it, it looked like an exorcism was happening, and I just, I froze, and I didn't know what to do. So I reached out to... Uh, Brandy and Allie, and I think my text to Allie just said, I need you at the store right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's like, I'm on my way. And it was it was interesting because I think you had other plans that were supposed to have happened that day that fell through. 
I did. I was actually supposed to be up with my daughter up at Lagoon that day and things ended up happening and shifting and then we ended up not going to Lagoon and so I was actually still in my jammies just rocking out cleaning my house. Yeah, this is like 1.30 probably in the afternoon or 1 o'clock or so but I was just like, okay, well I'm going for it and I was just doing my own thing and I got your message and I was like, oh, something's going on and I only live a couple minutes from the store so I just replied back, hey, on my way, and I hopped in the car and headed over, having no idea what we were walking into. You know, the funny thing is, is I wasn't even supposed to be here that day either. Um, well, I didn't plan on being here that day. I was, I actually uh, make and sell sage sprays. Mm -hmm. And I was, I got a text the night before that I was out of stock here at the store, so I was in restocking. And this lady happened to come in looking for incense and explain to me what was going on. Uh, she was telling, uh, the employee that was here at the time what was going on i just kind of heard and he's like hey by the way he does this paranormal stuff uh, maybe he can help you out mm -hmm. so that's when i'm like yeah i could probably help you out and i i started the energy work and you came down and and just the way you did it was it was so different it was not as abrupt as i did it, it was it was more just kind of slowly pushing out the negative and replacing it with positive at the same time where I said I was more just like be gone bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely that is something that I did not um, even think that I would ever be doing in that kind of a fashion but part of uh, my Reiki process is a spirit release technique and so she actually had spirit attachment connected to her that was really fighting to hold on to her she had gotten into some stuff cleaning a basement and found some things that she discarded um, that weren't so happy that they had discarded. Um, so when that ended up happening, I just had to jump in and use that Reiki energy. And so in that context, what we're doing is we're returning that spirit attachment back to the light. We're not banishing it and condemning it and sending it back to the darkness where it doesn't want to be obviously that's why it's hitchhiking onto somebody that's a ball of light because they're trying to ascend and move through and, and get out of the spot that they're in by hitchhiking usually onto somebody else so in that case it was just coming in and actually calling in the reiki guides and masters to help escort that soul to the light to help them heal so it's such a it doesn't look like the exorcist it's not head spinning around and green stuff flying it out was, it was um, so different it was, before you got there <laughs> i was gonna say that was kind of where you were because when, <laughs> when, uh, when i'm breaking an attachment i'm not trying to send it anywhere mm -hmm. i'm just you're not allowed with this person anymore mm -hmm. um wherever you go is up to you but um you can't be here that, that's kind of how i do things and i uh, one of the things i use um that's great for breaking spirit attachments, I guess, except in this case, um, is Laramar. Uh, it actually can be used to break those attachments when placed on the third eye. And it's it's something I've actually done several times with mm -hmm. a lot of people. And this was the first time that it didn't work. And uh, like you said, it was it was really hanging off. And it, it kind of kind of frustrated me a little bit. And that's when I that's when I reached out for help because I'm like, okay, um, I'm not in the right frame of mind at this point anymore because this thing that I've done several times before is no longer working. So then I reached out for help. And that's not something that's easy for me and a lot of people to do. Yeah. It's to reach out for help. Um, most people are just like, no, I got this. And that's normally the type of person I am. But I was able to listen enough to my guides at this time instead of being stubborn like I normally do. I, I kind of bit down a little bit and I'm just like, I, I can't do this on my own. 
and I'm, I'm glad I did because um, we were able to help her out, and she was super grateful. Like she I know, I know you weren't person. here when I know you weren't here when it all started. And you came halfway through, but you still were able to feel the shift in her energy and and how different it was from the beginning to the end. Oh my gosh, it was huge. She was like crying in gratitude, feeling herself again from where she had been that week leading up to meeting you that day. Yeah. Super awesome. And that's the beauty of it, uh, being able to help people like that, right? It's just like you never know when you're going to need it. And good Lord, I didn't know I was going to need that. I was actually in the middle of teaching my first Reiki master student and I was in the process of that and going over a specific part of releasing spirit attachments and as I'm reading that part with her and all of a sudden my team's like, you need this. And I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, yeah, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. And now I've used it probably a hundred times in the last two years. <laughs> so definitely something I uh, once again, didn't think I was going to be doing, but having that tool is just amazing because I think you're right. It's not about banishing it to a certain place, but can you imagine a frustrated spirit who keeps thinking that it finds a light and it's connecting to, and then it keeps getting kicked off and then it finds another light and it gets kicked off. We're just sending it to go get attached to somebody else. Yeah. So in and that's, this case, and that's the training I sort of got when I was do house cleansings. It was just get it out of this person's house and um, I think that's where our views differ a little bit because when I'm dealing with like a non-human entity um, from what I've been trained or taught is that you can't send to the light because it's not from the light um, and that's that's kind of how I approach the situation that's how we've always done it it's just like we make it not be with the person or place anymore and where it goes from there, we don't know. Um, which is not necessarily a good thing, but at the same time, um, it's we're at least helping this person. Yeah. And we've actually had um, one of my friends, uh, Caden, who might actually end up being a guest on this show at some point. Um, he's, a, he's a very gifted medium that I've worked with over the years. And while they were doing a house cleansing, uh, the spirit of the entity actually asked him you know, why do you keep doing this? Because, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And I think their response is, well, you know, we'll just go there too then. Because, um, again, we're just, we're helping one person at a time. And, you know, maybe it's time for me to look into a different kind of belief and, and figure something out from there. Maybe that's kind of why I'm kind of plateaued right now and <laughs> still trying to figure out where I'm going next. Um, this is a good start on, on this podcast, though. Um, but yeah, this is how I've always done it is you're no longer welcome in this space. And then we remove them from the space and kind of leave them up to their own thing at that point. Well, and I think that that's a, a good example of that divine timing of bringing things together to bring it into your awareness, right? Because you were in the middle of something that you've done a whole bunch of times before. Then what was it that guided to reach out to Brandy and myself, right? What was it that created my obstacle of not going to Lagoon to being three minutes down the road to being available to just hop in the car and come and then for you to witness it, what you've done before done a different way right like yeah. all of this stuff came to paint this picture that you know takes these little 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 pieces that build to the bigger piece um, 
the divine timing is so orchestrated more than we could ever imagine that big picture being. Well, and the, the thing is, is us as, as humans, um, we don't always pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. um, but when you do, it's it's amazing. When you actually listen to your intuition and listen to your guides um, and you start moving forward with what you're trying to achieve, it's, it's actually really rewarding. It is, and it's not always where we can see the end result right away. And when we start listening, it becomes easier to listen and easier to trust. But the harder part is usually us starting to listen to that. And then it starts to pave the next step to the next step to the next step. And then we end up in this beautiful place that usually is beyond what we would have ever conceptualized for ourselves. But it's starting to follow that little piece and that little nugget of inner guidance that gets us to that end result that amazes us. Yes. It's so powerful. It's so crazy cool. I love it. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to have a space like this or just like, like this, this show in general where you are able to hear everyone's different perspectives and views and the way they do things. And the nice thing about doing metaphysical work or paranormal work or whatever it is that you're doing, there's no one right way of doing it. Mm -mm. And I've done this over the years as a, an investigator. Um, I would go out with other teams on their investigations to see what they do. And I would kind of adapt and, and change the way I did things that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's the same with um, going through your awakening, going through your own spiritual journey. Someone else may be going through something similar that can help you out. Um, but their way of doing it not, might not necessarily be the exact way you want to do it. you got to find what's right for you. What resonates within, right? Yes. What parts like ring true to you that go, oh, and then try it. If it works, then stick with it. If it doesn't, then throw it out the door. The next thing will come up. It's definitely an evolution of process. And I love that you are so intuitive and gradually stepping into these inner knowings. Yes, I did do the Reiki training, um, but for me, that was to really get me out of my humanness. And I actually laugh because I call Reiki like the entryway to energy work because it gives you a foundation and a, a connection and clearing techniques and a sense of stability to walk into a new world knowing kind of you got this team on your back, you can call in to help out with that. Um, so for me, that was a huge bridge between my humanness of I've got a family of four and I need to stay in this nine to five and this is what life looks like and I need to trudge through this to the surrender of the universe will take care of me. Let me show up. Who can I be of service to today? And that has not shifted my income. It shifted what I did and how much joy I have as I express doing that. So in my case, it definitely did turn into being that healer piece, but it wasn't that I didn't necessarily know that because I had had meditations. I had had visions. Um, all the way back to being a Tibetan monk, standing there for hours with my hand on someone's forehead, being silent. So at the moment of time that I got that vision, I didn't know what it was attached to. After Reiki, after putting my hands on someone's head to do treatment, I'm like, oh, I've done this before. And it was really a spark to awaken what I had already been doing and really reinforcing to me that it's something my humanist couldn't accept because I was proven multiple times that I've done this over and over again in lifetimes. And it was about me remembering to do it now. And, and that's how that part began. So you doing it all intuitively, you're just trusting what 
Well, and that's, that's coming in. That what I've told before. people, and that's what I've been told myself. Um, it's when I learn, quote unquote, learn something new. Um, I'm not actually learning it. It's something that I already know how to do. I'm just opening the door, uh, more or less. Uh, and I've, uh, I feel that's pretty much the same way for everybody. Yeah. Um, I hate to break it to you for the, those that don't believe in this, but past lives are a thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I used to believe they weren't. And then I, my belief system changed so much in the last eight years doing the paranormal one, doing all this. Um, crystals didn't do anything. Past lives weren't a thing. Um, but after having my own personal experiences and witnessing things, uh, my, my views changed dramatically. Um, I actually did at one point, it's called QHHT, Quantum Hypnosis Healing Technique with uh, someone. And we'll probably have that individual on the show as well. Um, that was like a whole day, like eight hour session. Um, there was a lot that goes into that. But while I was actually in the meditative state, um, or the hyp hypnotic state, uh, if you will, um, my higher self kind of took the will and was answering all the questions that we had written down for her to ask me while I was under. And it doesn't happen this way for everybody, but I remembered everything that was being said as it was being said. Um, but she also does record the sessions and emails it to you afterwards so you can go back and listen to it uh, in case you don't remember it. And just hearing myself, I'm not a very creative person. I'm very, very, very right-brained. I'm very logical, analytical. Um, I'm not the creative type at all. To hear myself talk about my past life as a blacksmith and what my house looked like and, you know, what I made versus what I enjoyed making, um, just remembering all of that stuff. Uh, it just... To me at that point, I'm like, okay, there is no denying the fact that past lives exist. And I had people before this session tell me about some of my past lives and and some of the things I did. And the two that have come up the most is the blacksmith and being a general in a war. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been able to take kind of things from both of those lives and bring it into this one. What I found fascinating was when we first started the session, she asked me what I was doing, and I, I said I was at uh, Stonehenge. And the way I described what I looked like, um, long white beard, the robes and everything, so I looked like a druid. Uh, and then I remember talking about turning into some sort of bird and like flying through the sky, and the next thing you know, I'm at Easter Island. And then what that ended up actually being, if I remember correctly, was my life as a blacksmith. That was my one of my meditation sessions, reconnecting with my higher self, I, I guess, and uh, just kind of opening up my gifts. So this, what I do in this this current uh, go um, is not very different from what I've done in a past life. No. And, I'm, and I know it's the same for you. Um, you and I have had a conversation before about uh, someone that came to you with a, a knee problem. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, so that was really cool. So once again, another lifetime where I was a healer. So this has come up a, a theme in my life um, in this incarnation. But that person actually, I had only done energy work on her once. She was like, Allie, I don't know why I need to have a session with you. I'm not sure, but my team's just saying I need to. So I'm actually working on her and I'm doing my scan and I'm, I'm finding myself working down on her right knee. And as I'm working on that, she is very intuitive. She's also um, psychic. She's got her gifts as far as knowings. 
and she she ends up as soon as I finish she's like oh my gosh Allie we finished the work that we started in wartime so in that past life she was a soldier who had actually been injured in her knee so I was actually a nurse in the medical war side, you know, MASH style, right? Um, and so we actually ended up pinpointing that we, she was brought back to me to complete work that we had actually begun over 70 years ago to finish that healing. So she has always in this lifetime had an issue with that same knee, never had an injury she could relate it to in this one. As I hit on working on that knee, for her, she had the floodgate open up and all of the memories come rushing in of being the soldier, being at wartime, being brought in, put on the hospital bed, and actually me working on her knee. So she saw me with a little white cap and the gown and all of the nursing outfit from the wartime and World War I. Um, so, oh my gosh, just super cool to actually know that we get brought back around to complete things that we worked on. That's how our soul groups work. There's certain people that we do bump into again in this lifetime that we have been with multiple lifetimes doing work before that sometimes is coming to resolution. And in that case, it was really cool because it was another validation for me of being a healer, um, but really fascinating that we actually cured something that she had been dealing with for all of her lifetime in this form. Um, and then she had resolved it right there in that one session. So she followed the guidance, not knowing what it was going to do. And those are the connections that were made within that one hour. See, and I think one of the first instances I can remember of reconnecting with someone from a sort of past life, I think it was more of a spiritual past life, mm. if you will, my friend Amanda, that got me into starting energy work. I remember when I first met her, I, I still remember this conversation. I remember exactly where I was at when the conversation was happening, like like what street I was on, because I know I was on my way to work. Um, I had asked, I told her, I'm like, I feel like you and I have known each other for a very long time. And she does um, muscle testing. Um, that's how she gets her answers from spirits uh, quite a bit. That's a technique I haven't learned yet, but it's a really cool technique, uh, if you know what that is. Um, but she asked and got the answer that, that we've known each other for like something like over a thousand years. It's been quite a long time. So her and I have actually work together in a spiritual form um and now here she is in this life that she kind of kick-started my my journey in this one so um, cool. my friend brandy um i she's been in a previous life of mine as well she was uh, with me when i was a, a blacksmith um and she's reconnected with me in this life and has, has helped me out quite a bit as well um when it comes to her it's things are a little bit different um i don't know i know you're familiar with the term uh twin flame um i know a lot of people may not know what that is it's sort of like a soulmate but not um soulmates are people that are meant to be in your life at that time and they're to guide you uh and help you out for a fixed amount of time soulmates do come and go they're not mm -hmm. like a permanent fixture in your life um a twin flame you might not ever meet your twin flame. Mm -hmm. um, and from, and from my understanding, a twin flame is literally the other half of your soul. Like every soul is ripped in, in half. And I know that's kind mm -hmm. of a graphic term, but uh, it's split in half, if you will. And um, you might not meet your twin flame in this lifetime. You might have met him in a past lifetime. And I don't know how rare it is to actually meet your twin flame in, in two lifetimes. 
Um, but Brandy is uh, my twin flame, and I've had this confirmed with a couple different mediums that I work with, uh, including herself. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a, a yin yang type situation where we're so similar in certain things, but we're different in things as well. Um, and your twin flame, and same with your soulmates, they don't have to be a member of the opposite sex. They can be a member of the same sex. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can just be a friendship like what Brandy and I have. Um, or even parental child. Parental child, or in the case of my, my co-hosts that I work with on my other podcast, uh, they're brothers. Mm. And they've one of them has been told in the past that him and his brother are twin flames. Um, the other one just found out when we recorded our episode with my friend Caden. Uh -huh. um, the other night so uh it could be a sibling thing uh, as well it, it's just people when they think of soulmates or in or twin flames if you've ever heard that they think it has to be some sort of like romantical relationship and that's not the case at all um it, it's not but those are relationships where people come in to help you to remember to help ignite to spark to turn the key to inspire to do the different bringing their energy into your energy field adjusts something that helps the higher self be able to step in more to step into that potential they're like awesome reminders that come into your energy field and all of a sudden things start happening um, and you start shifting and their energies and your energies work with each other to help awaken that process and that's really what the awakening is yeah so she has been a huge part of that um teaching me how to recreate a, a crystal on my hand metaphysically um and i know that's something that i've shared with you as well yeah. um the reason why i did that is i i do a lot of work with crystals um i feel this like really deep connection with crystals and i've i've been with people like they ask me to help them pick out crystals and i i pick out the ones that are kind of calling to me that like hey this person needs this and they don't like the way the energy feels on it and i get that because Especially when people are starting out, they might not be used to the energy. And I know a lot of people uh, buy things for what I call the pretty factor, and that's okay. Um, you're still going to get benefits from the crystals. Um, they just, they don't care what you believe, they're going to help you regardless. Crystals don't have that kind of human element that's just like, they don't. They don't think they know better. They, they just, they're they do. <laughs> they're not biased. They, they do what they're, they're meant to do um and with all the people that i've met i ali was the first person i've met that has that same connection with crystals that i do and that's why i shared that gift with her and kind of helped her be able to start recreating crystals as well um when we use crystals it's not just they're not just there in the room with us like we are one with the energy with, with that crystal and um, we help that, we use the energy with those crystals to help it flow within the people that we're helping. And I always like to kind of joke around when it comes to picking out crystals. Um, I always say it's, it's kind of like the wands in Harry Potter. It's, it's, we don't pick the crystals. Mm -hmm. uh, the crystals pick us. Yeah. Kind of like the wands where the wands pick the, the user, yeah. not the other way around. And we've both been able to help crystals find their, their actual homes. <laughs> um, we, we both have this really amazing knack of picking out crystals, not fully understanding why we have them or why we're buying them, 
Um, it gets revealed to us sometimes days later, sometimes years later. I know one instance, I, I believe it was a piece of uh, Chevron Amethyst yeah. um, that I, I bought and I gave to you. And I'm like, you're going to give this to someone very soon. And you did. It was like a week, week and a half later, one of my clients, and it was sitting there, and I tapped in, and the crystal's like, me, me, and I'm like, okay, here you go, and I gave it to him, and he still has it to this day. That's awesome. <laughs> I've, I've had several cases. I had someone actually do that to me, too. They handed me a piece of angel aura quartz, and they're like, you're going to give this to someone soon. And I believe I came up to this shop, the Synchronicities, shortly after I bought a couple pieces of amethyst, and... Um, it was on the tracks ride downtown where uh, I saw this man sitting on the, the train by himself. And he, I, he looked like he might have been homeless. I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. But we decided to switch seats on the train. Um, and as I'm walking by this man, I just looked at him and I said, Merry Christmas. And I put this piece of amethyst in his hand and then continued on to what we were doing. And I asked uh, my friend if she saw if he did anything. And... He kind of looked at it like confused, but she said he could feel his demeanor kind of changing. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting was not too long after this, some guy that was on some sort of drug, uh, he just wasn't himself, came from one end of the train all the way to the other end of the train and got in my face and started yelling and swearing at us, like asking me what my problem was. He's like, why are you staring at me? And I'm like, I, this is the first time I saw you. I'm like, I'm literally staring out the window looking at the buildings. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, while I was trying to call my friend, uh, who was a police officer for tracks, to tell him about what was going on, the guy I gave the amethyst to stepped in and told the guy, like, you know, he needed to back off or he was going to throw him off the train, basically. And the funny thing was, is there was a pregnant woman sitting across the aisle away from us, and she was also standing up for us. Um, it just, as much as I normally would yell back at people and get in their face, this is during the time when I was learning how to control certain emotions, <laughs> um, I chose a different path, which I'm glad I did, um, cause I might've ended up somewhere I didn't want to be that night. <laughs> um, but I was looking at the lady that kind of stood up for us and I had that piece of angel aura quartz that I'd just gotten hours before. And I looked at Brandy and I'm like, can you give this to her? This is for her. And Brandy kind of looked at the stone. She's like, yeah, you're right. And she gave it to her and said it, she told this woman that this crystal was going to help her and her newborn baby uh, mm -hmm. through their their life. So it's just it's so interesting to see how crystals find where they need to be through us. Right. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful story. Reminds me of, um, I made a trip down to central Utah and I ended up buying a couple pounds worth of amethyst and I actually did something similar. I just felt this one day I got up and I was like, I need to go share crystals. So I had taken and I charged a whole pocket full of amethyst and I actually headed to Liberty Park. <laughs> and I started walking around Liberty Park and I was just like letting my intuition guide the way. And then people were popping into my awareness. I'd walk up and be like, Hi, I'm Allie. I just want to share something with you. Here, have this gift. And I give them the crystal and walk away. Um, not needing anything else. I definitely would talk to them if they wanted to. Sometimes they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, it's okay. Here you go. Like, this is just yours now. But I actually remember there was one homeless guy who was pushing his little cart. And he was actually clear across the park. And he came into my awareness. And I was like, 
Oh, and I probably totally looked like a creepy person because I, I I followed him, right? <laughs> and then he was sitting down and sitting in the gazebo there that's in the pond area. And so by the time I caught up to him, he had sat down. That's probably the only reason why I did catch up to him. And I approached him too and I was like, hi, my name is Allie. And I don't know why I need to give this to you. This is yours. And it was really cool. But yeah, like he took it and I could instantly feel that shift with his energy field and a tear starts coming down his eye. Um, I don't think he spoke English very well to be able to communicate necessarily back, but just feeling that shift of him taking that into his possession and what that did within him, seeing that terror, I was just like, okay. So I was a tool for the universe that day and they said, hey, you just got all this amethyst. You're going to go out and be a crystal fairy today. And I said, okay, and just follow that guidance. And so sometimes we get to see the end results of that and sometimes we don't. It doesn't matter, but it's so amazing to be able to help people with such a simple powerful thing right like i um one of those pieces of amethyst i believe i gave to an owner of a clothing store here in salt lake and i think he just opened one up in vegas as well i gave him a piece of amethyst i gave him a piece of selenite and this was a couple years ago and when i talked to him he pulls it out of his pocket and shows it to me like every time like he does not leave his house without those two crystals that I gave him. Um, he's one of the one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Uh, he's he's all about positive affirmations daily and he manifests his own um, reality more or less. So, like that's how his clothing line came about and that's how he became successful is through those daily affirmations, through those like, you know, I can do this today or I'm this type of person today. And instead of letting those negative things kind of hold him back like like a lot of us do um he's able to kind of rise above that and manifest what his business has become and and every time i, I talk to him uh, he when when we're leaving he always tells me um and uh if brandy's there with me uh he always says i'm very grateful for you guys mm-hmm. um and and then sometimes it's like when you give the, the crystal to that that guy um Maybe it's not necessarily the crystal that he needed. It was just that small act of kindness. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, in a way, is it's, it's still energy work, whether or not it's with a crystal or whatever. Um, just take the time to do something nice, like pay it forward without expectations. That, I mean, that's yeah. literally what you're doing is, you know, here, take this. <laughs> um, and... You know, sometimes that's what that's that little pick me up that someone needs. Like maybe they're having a rough day. You don't know what people are going through, and maybe that's what they need at the time is just someone to acknowledge them. Yeah, kindness is free, right? Kindness and compassion, like no, it costs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, I'm not opposed to hugging strangers either. Um, <laughs> you know, we kind of lost the eye contact. We lost smiling to each other. We lost asking how someone's day is or even willing someone a good day grab that door for someone ask them if they need a hug a lot of people really do need just a little personal connection and it can shift everything because manifest we do manifest our own reality so where we place our attention is where our energy goes so we can choose to keep focusing on the things that we don't like in our life and we're going to perpetuate more of what we don't enjoy in our life or we can shift like he did and and hold that vision of what that life is going to be and is and feeling it as if it is and it becomes it's so easy to do but we sometimes overcomplicate what an act of kindness or compassion 
looks like and it can be so simple so i encourage everybody to do that more because it's a game changer yeah it is for us and them <laughs> as, as you're going through your journey um you're not going to get all the answers right away it's not going to happen all at once it's going to come to you gradually like i said i've been doing mine i'm going to say i pretty much started with the paranormal so about eight years ago and had i not got into ghost investigating uh everything that's happened since then wouldn't be happening right now like this this would not be happening had i not gotten to the paranormal um so things happen for a reason i hate that saying but they do um <laughs> things things um i i'd like actually like to say that um everything is a learning experience um everything that happens is as a way for us to learn and grow and become better versions of ourselves exactly so we don't need to negate it as positive or negative or good or bad it's an experience sometimes we're learning what we want to continue to do Sometimes we learn that that is not what we want to do. So we don't need to berate or get stuck in that energy. It's an experience. It's what we're here to do is to experience life and to gather through those experiences, the knowledge and acquire and become who we are based off of those decisions and inspirations. Um, back to the oversoul, the, the incarnations many of us have had multiple and yeah you're right even sometimes thousands of lifetimes but all of that knowledge is in our soul our soul may have taken on a different vessel and looked different in each lifetime but it's got the acquired knowledge from each of those lifetimes lying within so as we go through these moments of awakening and expressing ourselves as those are needed they come to the surface so they won't come to the surface all at once because they would probably overwhelm us if we knew all of our soul's knowledge at one period of time. But through the unfolding of those expressions, those little pieces come up when they're relevant to give you that chance to build off of those blocks and to take it in in a very digestive manner to be able to grow and work within that. So it isn't so foreign for those feels that we have coming up. They might not really be something you can pick up a book and learn about, but when they sing to your heart and they are true, know that there's a bigger perspective in play with that and ask questions, ask for the guidance, pray, meditate, whatever that looks like for you to go within and uncover more of those pieces. And you can really move the needle on that as quickly as you want to and as your higher self will also navigate and allow. But we have got so much information within us and those are just little ways that they start to spark out. And like I said, they'll come when they're supposed to. I have personally experienced it when everything is supposed to, was trying to flood through all at the same time. Um, there was a, a phone interview we did um, promoting a, an event that would happen here in Utah. And it was, again, there was a medium they were talking to. I had her, we were, she was doing a reading for us on the show. And this one never aired. We actually deleted this episode um, because she started... Uh, more or less casting a spell and after doing some research talking to um, some of my medium friends found out that what she had actually did was kind of cast a spell to open me all up everything all at once mm -hmm. and luckily like I was in tune enough to know this is not right um, and we were able to kind of shut it down as soon as we hung up the phone with her um, but it was it was a scary feeling and it just it it didn't feel 
it didn't feel right. Because um, that's not how it's supposed to happen. You're not supposed to just, one day all the doors are open and then there it is. Because you're not going to know how to process that information yeah. or what to do with all those things. So things will come. They come gradually, but they'll come when they're supposed to. Um, the people that are supposed to be in your life, they'll show up when they're supposed to. And, and um, this may be a, kind of a bleak way of looking at it, but when that relationship with that individual has run its course, so you will part ways. Um, not everybody's meant to be in your life 100% of the time once you meet them. It, it might sound kind of rude, but you'll get what you need from that individual. They'll get what they need from you, and then you just go your different ways. This usually happens for a lesson, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. They don't always <laughs> last into that lifetime zone. But that's exactly where people come into our life to bring into our awareness our opportunities or to open up or, or highlight an opportunity that we have so we can consider and choose to step into it. But we need to integrate. So that's why it's so important for these to come in in small pieces because we need to take the time to integrate the information and let it really become us and then we level up to the next new piece of information and incorporate and in integrate that and then that's the gradual stepping process that occurs because if we take in all that information we can't integrate it we're going to be spiraling in some direction not grounded and not knowing what we're doing with all this new information it's not going to have um that's like picking up a textbook for a subject you've never done any research on reading through the book and going okay uh, I don't know how to do processes or this information. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we experienced <laughs> that when we were setting up the recording equipment. You pulled out the instruction manual for the the uh, mixer, and you're looking at it, and you're like, "This is I don't understand this." <laughs> and handed it to me. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to like that. Yep. Like, if it's something you don't have experience in, like if you're trying to read about ancient Roman history and you've never done any research on the subject at all, you're going to just be confused. Yeah. Um, that's why we have our guides. That's why we have, and, and people, living people can be guides as well. Yes. Um, they come into our life for a reason. They're there to help us through this. May, yep. <laughs> and that's what roles we like to, to help out with, right? Um, definitely here to be of support in whatever way that looks like. And for everybody, it's different. Um, I love getting the phone calls. I don't mind whatsoever. There's some days like today, I had three messages by the time I woke up this morning. And sometimes it's, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you about this dream, or you won't believe what happened last night. Or maybe we're standing in the same room and someone goes, did you see that too? And I get to go, yeah, I did. Cool. You're developing your clairvoyance. Let's talk about that more, right? <laughs> and so there's so many different beautiful beings that come into your environment to be of service. Um, sometimes they're the people that maybe we don't enjoy spending as much time with. Um, they're still teaching us something, right? I so talking about me. <laughs> I love spending time with you. <laughs> no, but there's definitely some people that we could maybe struggle with more, right? Or have some angst or even demise for. But they're here to teach us something. So even in those situations and moments, like the guy on the bus yelling and screaming in your face, right, Tim? Like, yeah. It's an opportunity where you, as you just expressed, were able to go, oh, I responded differently to this. Yeah. Oh, this is normally a well, place that I would have fired well, right up and fought back, right? would have been right? angry and yelled back at him. And that was one of the things that I had to learn to let go was I, I was 
That was funny because I was told, um, in order for you to grow, you need to let go of your anger issues. And my retort was always, I don't have anger issues, um, <laughs> which is a clear sign that I did. Um, uh, that's why I bought carnelian and I carry it with me most of the time. Uh, that stone is great for helping alleviate those emotions, but it also helps build the courage that you need to move forward with what you're trying to accomplish in your life. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it was it was just interesting. Once I kind of had that realization that I've kind of let that go, um, seeing how I acted in certain situations, it's like this is not normal for me. This is not how I normally respond. Um, it was it was very eye opening. It was just, it felt great too, not being sarcastic and mean all the time. Uh, right, and so you get to see how far you've grown, and you get to see those things that you've implemented and where they come. So if somebody didn't do that, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to self-assess how far you've come. So when those moments happen, we always have the opportunity to look at the lesson and the experience of it, not to get caught up in the emotion of it. Yeah, emotions are bad. No, they're not. No, they're um, <laughs> they are all teaching see, us something. We came here to feel it's, emotion. <laughs> it's a little bit easier for most people to not get caught up in the emotions. Um, me being an emotional empath, it gets confusing sometimes. Because I don't always understand if I'm feeling my own emotions or if I'm feeling somebody else's emotions. And that's another thing I've, I've learned to grow in. Um, sometimes I can click right away that like, hey, this isn't mine, I need to clear this. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer. Um, and so a good practice, like when you're doing energy work with yourself or you're having it done with you, just kind of ground yourself, cleanse yourself when the, the work is done. Um, and, and just let that stuff go. Because it's not, it was cleared for a reason. Um, let it, let it go. It's, it's not something you need to hold on to. It's just going to keep holding you back. Right. Yeah. There's multiple opportunities we have like every day that can put us or we can accept to step down into a lower vibration density. And so when somebody triggers us and we get angry, we choose to be angry and we drop down into those lower vibrations. We also have just as much power in those moments to choose to say, no, that person is having a moment. I don't need to let that affect me. And we can actually choose to increase our vibration and raise to that higher frequency and do that. That is our power to choose. When we're reacting, we're kind of on autopilot and default sets in. When we're yeah. responding, we're assessing the situation and we're choosing to respond accordingly on where we want to be and maintain that vibration yeah, space. It's okay to match someone's frequency or vibration. If it's on the high end, if it's like positive, don't don't try to match when someone's being uh, grumpy or angry and they're lowering their vibration. Don't try to match it. It's just it's not going to end well. Um, yes, I always say you can't fight fire with fire. That doesn't win. You just build a bigger fire. Um, you need to fight fire with love, and love is a higher vibrational energy. And so, even loving that person just for who they are, and loving yourself enough to remove yourself from the situation is so powerful to maintain that vibration within you. Yeah, so um, we are, we're getting close to the end. Um, we've been rambling on for a little <laughs> bit. So uh, one final piece of advice that I would have for everyone that's listening, um, no matter where you're at on your, your journey, whether you're just starting your awakening, whether you've been on it for a little bit, um, don't be afraid to ask your guides for help. Reach out to them. Um, 
But at the same time, like give your guides a chance to respond and look for those answers, whether it's through meditation or just kind of throughout the day, like signs might pop up here and there and you just got to be open to it. Just, just understand that like, it's not going to be a normal conversation that you have with somebody where you ask a question and you get the answer right away. It's, it's going to come. Um, you just got to be open to it and look out for it. Yes, definitely. Ask, 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 ask everything. You can't ask too many questions. But one important huge thing about our guides is they will not infringe on free will. So they can only put clues and drop little hints and maybe some subtle suggestions and hope that we pick up on those messages. But when we ask a question, we're allowing them the opportunity to answer that specific question. And as we start to work through that dialogue, as soon as they find the, the, the magic recipe of how we're going to receive information, then your information will start to come in more and more through those paths. It could, to begin with, be another person saying the words that are the answer to your question. It could be the lyrics of a song. Maybe you are driving past a billboard and it's got the answer to your question on it. Um, maybe it's a license plate, an angel number, um, repeating sequences of numbers in many forms, right? Sometimes it's a change of your receipt something that keeps repeating itself. So look for those subtle clues because they can be so subtle to begin with. But I promise you, as soon as you go, oh, hold on a minute, that's what this is. I see that and your team will just start celebrating and be looking for all the different ways to be able to communicate. So you're in that process of developing a relationship with them, trusting them, but asking them allows and empowers them to be more in clear communication with you through these processes that's usually where clairvoyance clairaudience the clairsentience the different knowings will start to develop but it can be so subtle that our humanness can very often take for granted and say that didn't happen and dismiss it and think oh that's just a coincidence we'll start to look at the synchronicities of your team putting the path together for you and celebrating those moments when they come together and click yes <laughs> um so if someone was looking to get a hold of you or book a Reiki session with you, how would they go about doing that? Ah, so I have um, Dandy Alley is my business. So I've got Instagram and Facebook. You can always find and follow us there. We also work out of synchronicities. So here in Sandy, Utah, we have synchronicities. You can follow the synchronicities Facebook page and see all the different events and things that we do on there. Um, or you can also reach out to me directly and the best way to probably do that would be through my email at alissanorman80 at gmail.com a-l-i-s-s-a-n-o-r-m-a-n 80 at gmail.com and that will get to anybody wherever you are in the world if you can't walk in the door here in sandy you can reach out to me through that now, if you're wanting to reach out to both of us you can hit us up on shareyourlight1111 at gmail.com uh, if you're wanting to reach out to me individually, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at speaker82 underscore. Um, you can also hit up my podcast. It's evp.pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Gmail. Um, yeah, so thanks again, everyone, for listening taking the time to share your day with us. And remember, don't be afraid to share your light. Mm -hmm.